You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you've joined us. A couple months ago, we highlighted a controversy that is brewing in Gross Point. The school district in that community has been working on a plan to close schools after years of declining enrollment. Officials with Gross Point Public Schools recommend closing either Popard or Mason Elementary Schools in the north end of the district and in the south end of the district, the closure of Mayor or Trombley Elementary Schools. Now, a lot of people are unhappy with that process because they say it hasn't been transparent, and they say it ignores some important racial considerations. Now, the Michigan Department of Civil Rights is backing up those claims. It released recommendations this week saying the school board should start over. It should go back to ground one, level one, and rethink this plan to close schools to account more for these racial considerations. Um, Joining us now to talk more about this issue is Gary Niehaus. He's the Gross Point Public School Superintendent. Gary, welcome to Detroit Today. Uh, It's good to be here. Thank you for asking. Uh, Absolutely. And uh, we still have with us Augustine Arbelou. He is the director of the Michigan Department of Civil Rights. Uh, Let's start. um, Let's start uh, with you, Augustine. Uh, uh, Talk about why uh, the department feels that uh, Gross Point schools have to go back and redo this process. Well, let me start off first that uh, it's important to know that that the uh, school district administration invited us invited us in, uh, and we were happy to participate in this process. But we also, uh, in, given the process, uh, we wanted to to have the opportunity to listen to all the voices uh, and the administration gave us a very short period of time. So we have to understand the parameters of that engagement. And, but in doing that, it became clear to us that there were many voices that felt they had not been heard. And the administration also indicated that to us that they, and that was one of the reasons they wanted us to come in. And based on short notice, we, uh, we accommodated the administration and agreed to uh, uh, to uh, to uh, uh, lead these and facilitate these listening sessions and and uh, hearing those comments and then looking at the information that uh, the administration provided us, uh, we felt that hey, let's slow down the process, uh, let's uh, start anew and let's hear from all the voices. Uh, who's who's at the table? Who's not at the table? The role of history and the cultural uh, background has to be taken into account. Uh, communities' voices from all corners need to be at the table. And has that occurred? Uh, obviously, uh, there are voices that feel they're not being heard. And so we have to create that framework that acknowledges and understands differences and offers and creates space for difficult conversations. And that's why we made those recommendations, given the timeline that we had. Okay. Uh, so, Gary Niehaus, what's your reaction to what he's saying there? Uh, did you get all of the voices that needed to be in this conversation to the table before you made these uh, decisions? 
Well, I think the thing that, uh, yes, we did invite them in. Yes, we did uh, want their input into this this uh, conversation. And basically, we wanted them there to help us because we're not the first district in the southeast Michigan that's begun to close schools because of declining enrollment. <clears throat> but I would say that we everything we did was transparent. Uh, from our town hall meetings in the very beginning of this, uh, we had 1,196 people show up for those. We had uh, PTO meetings where we had another two or 300 people that showed up for each of those meetings. Um, I probably have over 500 uh, emails that I've answered and talked to. I've probably spent 100 uh, interviews with uh, individuals or groups of people. Our, our board stayed after the town hall meetings to address and talk to, to people. What we found through the town hall meetings was the questions really didn't change. The questions that people were asking us really didn't change from town hall to town hall. And so I feel like that we were very open and transparent. We included as many people as we possibly could along the way. And I believe that really honestly what the uh, department brought to us was really nothing new. It, it's, it's all the same things that people have asked us to do, extend the time. Uh, that's been asked. Uh, some of us want uh, to rip the Band-Aid off and others want us to to uh, extend it. Uh, we know that uh, some groups want to uh, close the middle school and the others want to, to, to close two elementary schools. We know that we've been involved with our diversity training and we've done that, uh, that was three years ago when the department came in and helped us with some issues that we had in our system. And, and we were able to take advantage of Jeannie Winter's work out of the Wayne, uh, Wayne County RESA and we, we were able to do half of our, our uh, staff training and our administrative training Two years ago was uh, dedicated to diversity. I mean, we are really working hard to try to figure out how we make our schools more diverse by reducing the number of schools we have in the district from nine to seven elementary schools. Very honestly, we actually add diversity to our district. Mm. Uh, so, Augustine, I want to ask you about uh, a couple of the the concerns that uh, were raised by your recommendations. Mm -hmm. One uh, is that you recommend them that they uh, tighten the in-district transfer policy that you say has disadvantaged the school with the most students of color. Uh, Another, uh, you say adopting a racial equity lens to guide the decision-making process on reconfiguration. I'd like you to sort of expand on both of those points and give us a little more specific example of what you're talking about. Oh, yes, I will. Uh, I asked for the, the information regarding in-school, in-school district transfers. Uh, my understanding is that the school district is, is not in favor of school of choice. But yet they had a policy, I think, too flexible of a policy allowing for in-district transfers. And the school that was most disadvantaged was Propart. So I received information, I believe it was 30-plus percent of the transfer related to Propart. And, and then there's transfers out and transfers in. The, the most transfers out were, came from Propart, and the least transfer in was Propart, like less than 2%. So that, to me... And and talk about why why that's why that's significant to you. Well, what? that that tells me that what we're doing is we're we are focusing on a school that's Title One, that's primarily African American, and allowing 
this transfer policy that disadvantages the school, and then we're looking at 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 closing the school because the population, the student population, is not at the level that it should be. So that, to me, is of concern, given where it's located. And so I think what we need to do, when, I, when we talk about a racial equity lens, we take into account uh, systems of advantage, history, culture, all those factors that create blind spots in the decision-making process. Diversity is one thing. And I, I heard the superintendent uh, talk about it earlier. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's diversity, but is there inclusion and is there equity? That's another discussion, and I'm not sure that exists in the school district. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and We are in a community where the dominant culture is uh, pretty much sets the agenda. And we understand that if you look at at the school district, there's one slice at the north and then there's at the south. And I think we need to be much more proactive in understanding those differences, creating the space to have those difficult conversations with all those voices at the table. Hmm. Now, I'm not... I have to admit that I've been there. The department had a limited period of time. Now, hearing the superintendent talk about it's nothing new, then you have to ask them why invite us. Uh, Why ask for our input? I believe the reality is because not all voices were at the table, Hmm. and they're having a hard time managing that. They don't know how to manage it. A lot of people don't know how to manage racial equity issues. Uh, Gary Niehaus, I want to give you a a chance to to respond, but I also would like you to talk a little more for for listeners about how the the sort of racial dynamics play out here. I mean, not not everyone's familiar with uh, the geography of of Gross Point, uh, the the proximity, of course, to Detroit uh, on the north and uh, I guess on the west, uh, the west side of the of, of the city, give us a, a sense of of how you have to sort of account for those things and how the district is doing that. Well, I, I first of all, let's go back to the original question you asked sure. um, him. Um, we agree, administration agrees uh, that we need to uh, do away with the transfer policy. We have 350 students that transfer, and they transfer from school to school on open seats. Um, Yes, Papar did have 78 of those 350. Um, of those 78, half were white and half were, were are African American. And so the point of it is is that that's too many kids to come out of any one school. And if we would have halted or stopped that, that was a dictator, uh, or not dictator, it was a board decision back in 2012 that went over uh, an administration uh, recommendation. Hmm. The administration recommendation was to not allow the transfers, and the, uh, the board said, no, we are going to allow them. And so I think the idea behind cl- shutting that down is very, very important in this process, and we agree with that uh, 100%. Um, the other side of it is is on, on the, as you talk about uh, Gross Point, uh, the points, and also Harper Woods, we look at 
uh, a community where people want to come. They want to come into our district. They want to be there because of the school district. Um, they want to come in, and so when they come in, they they buy they get to buy houses, basically what I call on the fringes uh, of our community. And so our starter homes, our start our opportunities for people to enter into our community are on our fringes. And so as we talk about that, <clears throat> it's very very important for us to continue the conversation about how do we help those families feel welcome into the Gross Point Public Schools. So so. The, the idea uh, of closing the schools that are sort of closest to these fringes uh, that you're talking about, how does that how does that better serve that population? Well, again, uh, when you look at those situations, we we blend or bring those kids together at Parcells in sixth, seventh and eighth grade. We bring them together when at they're the ninth, middle school at the middle school. We bring them together when they're in high school. Why wouldn't we want to blend our K-4 kids together so they have the same opportunities to be able to have uh, a diverse peers that go to school with them? I mean, it makes sense to me that that's what we would want to do in, in, in those circumstances. Uh, and I, I really honestly uh, do uh, believe that uh, we can't um, ask. And one of the things that the department has offered is, is more help. Can we come in and help you? Um, you know, we're, we're not opposed to more training or more diversity or more equity leadership uh, opportunities. Those are things that we still look forward to. We, the one thing I think, Stephen, needs to be said loud and clear mm-hmm. of the people that have come to talk to me, 95 percent of the people that have come to talk to me have said, Dr. Niehaus, what I can what can I do to make your decision better? What can I do to make your district better? And it's unbelievable the resources that people have brought to me. I'm leaving this meeting to go to a early middle college opportunity that I've been looking for for four years. You know, yesterday or the day before, we were talking to our foundation about an endowment. I mean, there's stuff coming our way that we haven't seen before. And I think that's what the department has brought to us in the past. They brought us diversity, equity. They've given us an opportunity to take advantage of the University of Michigan's summer diversity program. We've sent 10 kids from each high school there. Um, We're working hard in diversity. Diversity is a part of our our strategic plan, and that's a part of what we're trying to change uh, some of the culture that we have in the Gross Points uh, and in the Harper Woods right now. Hmm. Uh, Stephen, do you you mind if I could comment? Yeah, quickly. quickly. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I very much respect the school district and superintendent Niehaus and and I'm very happy to hear that he's open to allowing the department to continue to work and we are too we're committed to it and we're very committed to helping them implement an equity lens to mitigate the the impact of unintentional biases that allow for a decision-making process uh, that creates certain outcomes we've got to be able to to do that and I think that 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 is what is needed at the at the front end before making any decisions, because I think that will improve and and allow different voices and then different perspectives to develop and grow 
adoption of an equity lens. Yeah. Uh, uh, we're talking about uh, the plans to close some schools in Gross Point to account for several years of declining uh, enrollment. Uh, the Michigan Department of Civil Rights has suggested that the district kind of go back to the drawing board to start over and redo this process with an eye, a stronger eye perhaps, toward racial equity. Uh, if you want to give us a call uh, and join the conversation, uh, tell us what you think of what's going on in Gross Point schools. Uh, do you think the plan to close some elementary schools uh, makes some sense? <clears throat> uh, do you feel as though the district is accounting for the diversity that exists in that district in the way that it's doing that? Or are you someone who feels a little left out of this process or as though the process hasn't really reflected your interests? Uh, as always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there. Or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll try to work you into the conversation. Let's go to Nick in Gross Point. Nick, welcome to the show. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, um, I just wanted to make a comment that I feel that this is sort of a microcosm of the way that government operates um, as a whole. I mean, as opposed to, you know, actually addressing the issue and asking questions surrounding why is it that students are leaving Prepard, why is it that students aren't wanting to transfer to Prepard, the question is how do we administer more red tape to prevent people from leaving Prepard? And how do we create a forced sense of equity as opposed to initiating measures to make Papard a more attractive school hmm. um, for students and parents to want to send their kids to? Now, uh, Nick, that's a really interesting it's a really interesting perspective. I'm really glad you called uh, and added that to the conversation here. Uh, Gary Niehaus, talk about why uh, families want to get out of uh, Popard uh, in the first place and whether the district uh, has thought about uh, making it so that more people wanted to stay in schools like that. I, I think that, that probably the best testimony that we've had, and uh, we both had the opportunity to listen to him, but we had a parent that say that we declined their, their transfer because we didn't have room in the next place. And and the parent came back to say that it was one of their best experiences. They were glad they were declining because they learned something from it. We've also known that uh, we added a Young Fives class out at Prepard, and, and Young Fives is not in every building. So we do uh, ask parents to bring their kids out to Prepard. It's amazing to me how many of those parents would prefer to keep their kids at Prepard once they've experienced Prepard and what it's all about. The thing of it is is we're, we're acting as if uh, Prepard's something that's not – representative of what would be our best education opportunity. If you if you disaggregate uh, their test scores against anybody in the state of Michigan, they're going to be in, in, in with the same demographics. You're going to be in the top 10 elementary schools in the state of Michigan. So what's happening inside of Propart's uh, a great opportunity for our kids to get a great education, and, and they're competing when they get then to uh, Parcells. They're competing when they get to North. Um, we're, we're doing some great things on the North End with, with diversity, and, and I believe that we're offering the best educations for our kids. What more could we do for Prepard? Obviously, we could add the gifted program or the magnet program. We could offer uh, uh, some different STEM programs. Those are all things that we could offer on both of our fringes if we wanted to, to move in that direction. But those are things that, as we move forward, we have to look uh, to see if there's other things we could do to, to make those areas attractive. Hmm. 
Um, uh, before we get to you one, uh, again, Augustine, I want to take another another call here. We've got someone else from Gross Point, uh, Jennifer in Gross Point. What's on your mind? Um, I was just calling in to say that, I mean, really, they're really making this look like they have been listening to the residents in the community. They have not been. We've offered up many different circumstances to them. We've offered up many proposals to them. We've offered up different lenses to them. People have taken the time to rewrite a lens completely Mm. and no changes. Look, the MDRC came in. They said, no, change it. They said, this isn't good. Stop. Either slow it down or change it. Go back to the drawing board. No, they're still going to go forth on the 24th with their vote. Mm. Uh, Jennifer, can can you give me an example of something that was offered that you feel like didn't get the the due that it should have talking about at the very beginning kirby which is in gross point farm mm-hmm. which is the smallest of all of the gross points has two elementary schools they're not looking at closing one of those that all those people got real loud but there's lack of money in the farm there's not that much money there's there's smaller money in the point mm. Hmm. Uh, uh, Gary Niehaus, uh, how, how do you respond to that? I mean, this is a citizen in Gross Point saying she doesn't feel like people were listened to. Well, again, listened to and, and doing what she asked us to do are two different things. I think we listened to that. I think our board had the opportunity to bring that forward. They had that in front of them. Our Board of Education had that in front of them on April 22nd. They had the opportunity to close Kirby and make Kirby into the Early Childhood Center. Uh, they were going to then close Barnes, and that was something that, that the board chose not to do on April 22nd. So when we got an opportunity to go back out to the community after April 22nd, uh, Kirby wasn't on the table any longer. And so the point of it is is that um, of the seven plans we brought to the Board of Education on January 14th, none of those plans are the same the plan that we're we're bringing to the Board of Education this time around, uh, this uh, this June twenty fourth is not in, is not any one of those seven. Mm-hmm. So to say we haven't listened or that we're not changing, we changed almost every single opportunity we've had, and our board didn't even take the recommendations of the Blue Ribbon Committee. I meant <laughs> the Blue Ribbon Committee was that they were going to close Kirby. And that uh, we were going, or uh, we were going to open Kirby as an early childhood center and close Barnes. Yeah. The board chose not to take that. Uh, Augustine, uh, b- before May we have I to break, that, yeah, I, I need you to quickly uh, do that. But but can you also talk about going forward, what this process I, looks like? Well, yeah, I think ahead. the process when you look at the the school board, you look at the school district, you have at large seats. That's a concern to us in terms of. Are all the voices from the right. various precincts sure. in the in a school district at the table? I'm not sure that's the case. I question the blue how the blue ribbon committee was formed and how those recommendations. So who attended the meetings, et cetera? I even heard it from the superintendent who told me they weren't hearing from all voices. So that was the purpose of the listening session. So I'm not surprised that Jennifer would comment the way she did. Mm-hmm. And I think that even gives, gives us more reason that we have to slow it down. We, are we hearing all the voices? Are we sure that we're hearing all the voices? And has the process allowed for all of them to be part of that uh, conversation? And, mm-hmm. and I think there's a big question. And, and I'm looking forward 
hopefully I'll get the invitation, Superintendent Niehaus, to <laughs> present Monday to the uh, board and discuss our findings and, and discuss uh, their uh, the issues and answer their questions. Yeah, is that is that one part of the plan? He, he's Aaron? already been invited. Okay. Uh, hey, I, 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 I haven't received one yeah. yet. Brian, Brian Summerfield than... sent you an email asking you to present, and he asked me to put you on the front of the meeting. Oh, okay. In the superintendent's Great. report, why would we not ask you to come present your information after we ask you to come listen I, to our community? Yeah. So it doesn't make sense to not to invite you. Well, I only can comment, uh, Superintendent, and I really appreciate you clarifying that because I've been looking at my emails, and of course I'm out of town. I have not seen an actual invitation from the the uh, board president. I'll make sure you get one today right. with the <laughs> agenda. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we got something solved here. Uh, yeah. We, we'll make sure that Augustine is at the uh, at the at the meeting. Uh, Augustine Arbalu, director of the Michigan Department of Civil Rights. Uh, I want to thank you for being here with us on Detroit today. You're welcome. And Gary Niehaus, Grosse Point Public School Superintendent. I really appreciate you coming by as well. All right. Up next, we are going to talk with on the media host Brooke Gladstone about her series on housing insecurity titled American Eviction, Why a Nation of Renters Can't Make Rent. Stay with us on Detroit Today.